What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the SmartGuy Moment Smack Talk Podcast. WWE Fastlane 2021 is the final pit stop before WrestleMania 37. The road to WrestleMania is a bumpy ride, and we are going to talk about all those bumps and try to smooth some of them out along the way. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert Felice. It's going so fast, it's almost like there's nothing there. <laughs> you can call it Fastlane, even. <laughs> And Calla Wiggins. Slow down. Just just saying slow down. Talking way too fast, Tony. Yeah. Ease no, in. Ease I, into the show. I gotta just relax. <laughs> Take out some of that pressure from Monday night's craziness. <laughs> Take out some of that pressure from the fact that this pay-per-view sucks. Take out some of this pressure that WrestleMania is not gonna be all that good. Take out some of that pressure. That <laughs> yeah, goose Raba. You know, a tree doesn't think it's a tree. It is a tree. Ten points if you get that reference too. I'm doing a lot of ten points if you get the movie reference things lately. I don't know why that's uh, stuck in my head, but you know. what's the score? I don't know. I never keep track. I always give ten points out, and I never bother to keep track. It's somewhere along the uh, along the line, my brain had this like switch off created this idea in my head of ah, 10 points if whatever like uh, 20 years ago I don't know what the points are for <laughs> I guess it's going to be like you know when you lose a level in a video game and you get like the little scorecard that pops up of like your accuracy and all that it's going to be like how many points did you give out <laughs> uh, it's, it's Wednesday <laughs> so we're going to get into this we want you to do the same thing. Drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on Fastlane and anything else that's going on. Tell us if you did get the movie reference. Tell us if, you, uh, if you're enjoying the week. Tell us what you ate for dinner. I don't know. Tell us whatever you want to tell us. So we are going to break down Fastlane 2021. There are six matches on the card right now. Unless you look on WWE.com, then there's five matches. Because, you know, when you've got a pay-per-view coming up, that's supposed to be like a very important thing right before the biggest thing of the entire year that you got more than an entire year worth of time to be able to build up to. And you could have been able to figure this out a long time ahead of time. You know, it's only a couple of days away. You might as well just get rid of one of the couple of matches that you've announced ahead of time that didn't make any sense. Right. And one of the bigger ones. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how this works. It's not like they've been doing this for, you know, decades. <laughs> Well, whatever, we're going to talk about that match and all the other ones and the potential other matches that we think be added to this card and, um, you know, give our predictions on who's going to win. Give it. Wow. Voice. <laughs> when? Who's going to win this? Uh, uh, who's going to win those matches? Promo classes from Shane McMahon? <laughs> or, or Tony Khan. Well, then it'll end up being a promo of me being like, hey, let me just so hold on. What if... Because you see, I don't know. How about, you know, if the, because that's like, what? Uh, God, that was such a terrible promo. Anyway, I'll do some hopscotch and you know pour some green slime all over the place and that'll sort it all out, right? You can't do that on television. <laughs> that's the name of a little section of an article I wrote recently uh, making fun of that because that was terrible. Yeah, we got six matches. Uh, I guess let's break it down this way. These are the six matches that they've currently announced, including the one that they already pulled, which they haven't announced that they've pulled, but it seems like that's the case. 
So there's Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, which may or may not happen, depending on what's going on here. I don't know. Maybe they decided that they wanted to replace the graphic with something that's even more generic or something. I don't know. There's Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, because you haven't seen that a couple of times recently. There's Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. That's not happening. Guaranteed. Big E is defending the Intercontinental Championship against Apollo Crews. The Women's Tag Team Championship is going to be defended between Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler against Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. And no, we're not just re- uh, redoing the Elimination Chamber card predictions. We're actually going to, you know, put in the effort. And Roman Reigns defends the Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan with a special guest ring enforcer, which is either going to be Edge or Jey Uso, depending on what happens on SmackDown. Uh, there are some other matches that obviously should be added to the card. One of them's already been alluded to, but it hasn't been confirmed because that's what they do these days is they, they do a match and then they announce that they're going to probably do a rematch. And then they wait until like the bump or, you know, the uh, Saturday before the pay-per-view or whatever. Then they go, yep, you know what? That actually is there because we need to have like Twitter announce something instead of just tell people ahead of time. But before we get into the possible matches to add on here, I want to ask you guys a very, very important question. This is WWE's first foray into Peacock. Wouldn't you think that this should be a priority pay-per-view, considering that it's their first impression for a lot of people, and that it's the lead-in to the biggest show of the year? Nope, because... Now more than ever, it doesn't matter. And I don't say that facetiously. I mean, they are showing it just doesn't matter. I think if anything, they're using this as a trial run for WrestleMania, because if there are any technical issues or any just anything that goes wrong in transition from Peacock, to over from the network onto Peacock, their pay-per-view shows. They don't want those to happen at WrestleMania. They want those mm-hmm. to happen on a show which nobody really cares about. If it fucks up, it fucks up. Nobody's really gonna remember it in the long term. And then you just get all the kings sorted, and then at WrestleMania, hopefully everything's running as smoothly as you want it to. In the same way that um, the WWE Network's first, first big show was NXT Arrival, right? In the build-up towards WrestleMania, and that one had tons of technical glitches associated with it in the live um the first live take of that and so but they were all pretty much ironed out by the time wrestlemania came around i assume this is basically the same process they're going through here well let's be honest there will be technical issues and i'm not having as much uh faith that they're going to be sorted out by wrestlemania either i think that given the company's stance of well, we'll probably have everything up by SummerSlam. It's not really giving me a lot of faith, especially considering all the other aspects of this company that lately have been like, well, just come on. You know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> that philosophy of wait for it, and then if it doesn't happen, forgive and forget, and then just give us the benefit of the doubt every single time, no matter what. I think this is going to be garbage. I think that the card looks bad. I think it's going to have technical issues. 
I don't think it's going to lead well into WrestleMania. I'm really, really down on Fastlane. And I don't even like Fastlane to begin with. I think that this has been perpetually one of the worst pay-per-views in WWE. It's usually, if anything, there's maybe one match on the card that matters a damn. And then more often than not, that match that matters is something that I personally end up being really annoyed with. Like the... uh Goldberg beats Kevin Owens type of thing. Or, I mean, if you want to go back to 2015, Roman Reigns beats Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, and people are upset about that. It'll happen again. So get yourselves ready for that. I think this is like the latest in a long reign of uh, Fastlane being something to toss in the garbage can. Yeah, so I'm not going to be super high on this. <laughs> it's it's pretty I mean, self-explanatory at this point, right? I mean, it's it's one of those instances that I feel... I mean, I'm not super down on the card. I mean, it's definitely not as complete as it should be, and it contains far too many rematches. But it's just a case of, I think the wrestling is going to be good, and that's basically what my attitude is going into pretty much any WWE show right now. It's a show which has zero real effort or creativity going into the storytelling aspect but the actual wrestling will be fine so let's just so that's the little element that i can kind of preserve from all of this that's the glass half full side of things i think i'm, try, I'm trying to out for a change <laughs> <laughs> i think in wwe that's the best way you can look at it because that's what they want you to do they want you to go hey look like like the sasha bianca thing they're like, hey, look, look, we know the Reginald thing is annoying, but that bell's going to ring on April 10th, and you're going to love it, and it'll be great, okay? So just wait for the bell to ring, and it'll all be okay. And then when, yeah. if the bell doesn't ring and lead to a great match, then they're going to go, well, look. <laughs> Cause well, just... uh, okay, because I, I understand that, you know, you're super down on this. I'm more down on just the structure of everything in WWE right now that I am this particular card. I want this pay-per-view to accomplish a few things. And I think there's a good chance it actually might. So I'm not totally down on it just yet. I look at this card as there's not one match yet that isn't a rematch that also on top of that, I guess, well, there's one match that's not a rematch, but I, I honestly don't even think that that match is going to happen. And then all the other rematches, they've already lost their goodwill for me for the majority of them. Some of them are still kind of limping on and like, yeah, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, that'll be a good match, but it's a throwaway match and they want me to get invested into this and other things far more than what they're willing to give me. And that's what's so frustrating is because it's not, it's not so much if I shut my brain off and I look at one show, it's that everything is the collective. And if they expect you to watch everything and to digest everything and they book things, knowing that that's not going to be the best case scenario, that's where I get to where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I shouldn't have to not watch the product to enjoy the product. 
it should be enhanced by everything. Like, I'll give credit to AEW. As much as I think that Elevation and Dark need to be shorter, a good portion of the reason why I think that is because I'm doing this as a job and it's because I'm doing all the WWE coverage and everything too and it just becomes a little frustrating. But if I'm just watching AEW and I watch Elevation and I watch Dark and I watch Dynamite, watching Elevation and Dark helps Dynamite rather than takes away from it. Because when I see Captain Sean Dean pop up on Dynamite, I'm like, oh, I've seen that guy wrestle a bunch of times on Dark. Okay, that's kind of neat. Or, hey, that storyline of what they're doing on BTE, even though there shouldn't be as much crossover. Like, you know, that, that storyline about the lawnmower thing. Okay, they're factoring that into a promo here. Okay, that's kind of funny. But with WWE, it's just a matter of, well, you would like this better if you hadn't seen it a hundred times, but can you watch it a hundred times too? Like, you can't have it both ways. So I look at a card like this and I go, well, crap. It's Peacock. You should try to make it a really, really good first impression. And then it's your last chance right before WrestleMania. And half of it's rematches from the pay-per-view beforehand. The other half is rematches we've seen on Raw. And I don't have any faith that this is going to be a good pay-per-view at the end of the day. So if you're looking for the glass half full on my side of things... Sorry, you're not going to get it on this podcast. <laughs> but I'll always give my honest opinion. You can always uh, depend on that. So let's start talking about the matches that might be added. One of them being Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. I got to correct myself on that. Mustafa Ali against Riddle. You know, because we don't have enough rematches on here. Let's go with the thing that was on Monday Night Raw. Instead of just doing it a fast lane. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't say for certain whether they'll put it on the show. I know he's asked for it, so that seems to at least lead to the potential that it probably will be on the card. There's really no point of doing it. You didn't need to do it on Raw beforehand. It's going to have a similar result. The only difference being if they do it on Fastlane, there's probably a greater likelihood that it will just lead to the overall dissolution of, of um, Retribution. Like Ali will slap someone in the face and he'll slap Mace or someone in the face and get choke slammed or something and then they'll just walk out on him. I can see that happening. I hope that they would at least have the sense of doing something like that. Because I mean, if you do a rematch, I don't know if you guys agree or, or disagree or anybody in the comments. My philosophy about rematches or sequels or remakes or anything is. You only can do it in three ways. One is to follow up on something that's amazing that people are like, I want to see more, which I don't think WWE tends to do all that much because typically the things aren't amazing enough. Number two is to redo something that was so bad that you want to make up for it, which I don't think that they tend to do because it's usually about the same level of quality. Or number three is to kind of repeat yourself, but to add something more to the mix where you offer like a change of pace. So if you're doing like Riddle versus Ali, is it going to be because they need to redo their match? I don't think that their match was 
something that's terrible that you need to remake, right? No, it was a fine match. I don't think it's yeah. a matter of it's so good that people are clamoring to see it a second time, right? No, I think it's a matter of they needed something to fill it out, and this should be where Ali gets the belt. So that's where you need to do something different, because if it's literally just Ali loses on Raw, and a couple days later, Ali loses again on Fastlane, you're double-dipping. And WWE's been more than double-dipping. WWE's been uh, quadruple-dipping on things where they're literally copying and pasting because they just don't want to put in the effort of figuring out another alternative. And I'm not the type of person who wants to watch a copy and paste. I want to watch the next step in something. Stories are, you know, there's a progression. And you can't call yourself a good storyteller if you tell one story a hundred times with no change. You got to at least tweak something. You know, so if it's not Ali winning the title or Retribution turning on him and like getting rid of that faction or something, I don't know. It's got to be something to it or it's pointless. I think Ali should win this belt here. I've been steadfast on this. I, I know that I might be the only one thinking it, but I don't think Matt Riddle should enter the first show with an audience. As a champion, people are going to be down on him. They're going to be high on Ali because we might have forgotten this. This will be the first show with retribution with in front of fans. So people like Ali, especially, you know, in this climate, all the things he stands for. Like, I think Ali should be the champion, even if he's just in a four-way at Mania or whatever, people will pop for it i'm just assuming riddle retains if it happens and there's no point to it yeah i'm pretty much on the similar boat and i think the retribution will just be in a battle royal some other matches that might be on the card looking at this uh the roster and the way that things are going of course we're going to know a little bit more when it comes to smackdown or at least we should. I should say we should know a little bit more because maybe they'll still not do it. We've had plenty of pay-per-views recently where like SmackDown's ended and I've messaged Rob and been like, they, they didn't announce a single match. What the hell? Yeah. Well, well but, but then by the end of the hot tags, they might. You never know. What this kind of thing. But, but that's the difference with this one is the fact that most of the matches on the card that are announced already are SmackDown matches. There are five matches, three of them are SmackDown matches. Yeah, the... So, uh, Universal title, the women's title, and the Intercontinental title, for sure. Yeah, so it's actually the Raw side that's light. It doesn't mean that we won't get another SmackDown match added to it. It just feels like Raw is the side that's missing. It's not, not SmackDown. Yeah, we have nothing for the Raw Women's Championship because, you know. Well, well, <laughs> well the only choice for the Raw Women's Championship would be Shayna Baszler <clears throat> against Asuka at this point. Because they're not just going to throw Charlotte in straight away because that's the WrestleMania match. I hate so, that so much. So... And, and Shayna Baszler's already wrestling, so they're not going to do that. And there's nobody else that Asuka's ready to face yet. Well, it's been lined up to be fighting Asuka yet, so that's out. Well, the typically, nobody's ready for Asuka, but in this case, Asuka isn't ready for anything. And this, this type of thing is annoying, though, because it's like, don't they watch Raw Talk? They, pre they produce it. Do Peyton Royce versus Asuka if you need to. It's a match that doesn't serve much of a purpose, sure. But... 
it gets the championship on the card. It gives Asuka another win. It gives Peyton Royce a chance to show off whatever she thinks that she's not being able to show off. Is it a throwaway match? Yeah, but every match on this card's a throwaway match. So who fucking cares at that point, you know? Yeah, you definitely could do that as as potential just to do something a little bit different. But yeah, the only other stuff on the Raw side, obviously we've had the Shane McMahon Braun thing. We can discuss that maybe a little bit later, but the other option would be the tag team titles and doing a rematch, but there's no point doing a rematch because they've already announced what the mm-hmm. tag team title match is going to be at WrestleMania. So Yeah, they they put the cart before the horse on a couple different things where for some reason this company lately this tendency of dragging something out way past the point that it needs to be dragged out and then rushing 10 things when you could have stretched those things out is mind-boggling. Like, the New Day wins the tag titles because they switched over the whole thing with the Street Profits and they were just like, I don't know, here you go. It's not the only time uh, in the past year that somebody's won a championship by being handed it, which is funny. And eventually it leads to just like the Hurt Business wins the titles just to kind of like flounder around with the Lucha House Party and then drop it back to the New Day and immediately get pushed aside. And it's a shame because, yeah, you could have done that at the pay-per-view. You could have done the AJ and Omos or Amos or Almost or whatever his name is now. Um, That could have been next week's Raw. They could have cut a promo then. You could have gotten three things out of one thing. And then now next week it's going to come around to crap. I guess we got to do that thing again because we already did it. It's just frustrating. So we might get a raw tag team title match and it might just be another rematch and it's not going to serve a purpose. I don't think it's happening though. And again, yeah, I shouldn't put it past them, but I do think that there are matches on SmackDown still that could be added. I think that Cesaro versus Rollins could be added. Mm -hmm. There's a chance that, Maybe a tweak to that is Seth Rollins and Murphy against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura because they kind of teased that a little bit, but that might be like the SmackDown match instead. That's what's like hard to determine because these days they've been putting a lot of pay-per-view matches on TV and a lot of TV matches on pay-per-views. So it's like, do you go with the tag team match on SmackDown? It wouldn't shock me if that's the match on SmackDown, uh, the week afterward as a repeat of Fastlane after Fastlane being the tag team match and Cesaro and Rollins being on SmackDown instead, you know? This, uh, it's topsy-turvy now in terms of it's a TV business, not a pay-per-view business anymore, and it really shows. I expect at this point Rollins and Cesaro to be the WrestleMania match now more than ever, and maybe we get that tag match. But I'm with Callum. It's the raw side that looks fucked up right now. Because even when discussing WrestleMania, both of the Royal Rumble winners went right for the SmackDown belts. And it left Raw with a void that I don't like how they filled. And we'll get to that later on. I mean, also on the SmackDown side of things, we have the potential for a tag team title match, but yep. the Street Profits against uh, the Dirty Dogs. Yeah, that's... been heating up the Street Profits again. That's been uh, put on the back burner for two months? Three months? Mm. 
four? How long has it been? Has it been four okay. months? Bro, and it's not. No, they, they, they definitely have. Months? They have definitely haven't been tag champions for four months. It's been like three weeks to five weeks. Has it been that long, guys? I gotta find out uh, when they won these titles because they. I, I know it's been prior to time. Elimination Chamber. Yeah, it was before Elimination Chamber. It was on an episode of SmackDown, but I can't remember when it was exactly. January eighth. Yeah, so pretty much since the start of the year. So, so about two months. A little over two months worth of this, of Street Profits saying, "When are we going to get our title match?" And so you go and. Ah, and then they go and they switch to another segment <laughs> right because rude was away for some reason so that could happen they are teasing the idea of alpha academy and the mysterios but i am fully in the boat of they they don't care past the point of saying fatal four-way at mania and the only alternative would be if the street profits win the titles at Fastlane, or probably on SmackDown because they they like throwing things away and just putting them on TV instead, then maybe there's a chance that Jimmy Uso comes back and maybe we get the Usos against the Street Profits of Mania, but I'm holding out not a whole lot of hope on that one. I assume Jimmy is back. It's Jimmy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I assume Jimmy's back, and we get Usos in a giant tag team cluster or we just get Usos Street Profits or Usos Mysterios. I don't think that there's gonna be a lot to this, but I do think the Usos will be tag team champions coming out of WrestleMania. Uh the other matches that might be added I think at this point are completely random. Like Sami Zayn fights Kevin Owens, or I don't know. Uh, Bailey goes up against someone, or you know, like I don't think that there's any rhyme or reason to any other matches that might get added to the card. You guys think of anything else that might be put in the mix? Nope. No, unless. Unless the reason they've taken off the Shaman Man and Braun Strowman is going to, they're going to put Braun Strowman in another match instead. Now, let's talk about that. I think that this and one of the other matches isn't really going to happen. And they, it's weird that they take, uh, that they've taken this off the website, but we can't trust the website because why would you trust the website, right? I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. It concerns me because Braun's had health issues. And, you know, he was very open about losing, like, what was it, 15 pounds in a few days because he had something found in his bloodstream. I'm just hoping at this point that both men are healthy and that there wasn't an issue with the breakout because we know there was some kind of a breakout at the Performance Center. I'd assume Braun is still doing work at the Performance Center on his off days, you know, just to get reps in or whatever. But it's hard to tell. I just hope both men are healthy and that this is a random, like, NXT just pulls matches from cards now. Hmm. Because I, I hope it's one of those. I think that's a creative like, direction, though. Yeah, but I'd rather it be that than one of the men be unhealthy. Yeah. If the match happens, though, I think that the entire purpose of it is just more BS. I expect... Shane runs around the ring, 
and he gets back in the ring at a nine count, and Strowman can't make the count, so he gets counted out, and Strowman loses. So that way, Shane McMahon can go, you see how stupid you are, you stupid head? You're so stupid. I outsmarted you, stupid. Stupid. Because that's I, all he's doing. Well, and they're doing this dumb thing with, like, and I've been bullied my whole life. Oh, uh, yeah, because I'm big. And I'm, like, he's basically saying I'm big and I'm dumb. Look, <laughs> look at me. Like, I don't like this. This is just, like, hey, what are we going to do? Hey, remember that thing we did with Big Show 20 years ago? Literally that with the same guy. Am, am I wrong? Like, I, no. I really don't like this one. This one bothers me a lot because it just seems like, okay, we need to get Shano on the card. How do we get Shano on the card? Uh, Braun can throw him around. Do it. Yeah, I don't really know what to add to it, really. It's just, I imagine that if the match was to take place and not on this card, it would have been Shane winning due to someone interfering. And my mind immediately went to Dabakato. Oh, uh, he's big. He I is like big. Uh, you <laughs> because know? they did have, because lest we forget, there was something called Raw Underground for a couple of months. And that ended, the final match on that entire journey was Braun Strowman against Dabakato. Was that the last one? That, I think that was the last ever match on a, a Raw Underground show. I can't say for certain because it just ended out of nowhere, but I think that, that was the last one I remember happening. I know that match definitely happened at one point anyway. I would assume um, it would have just been like Jessamine Duke against uh, someone or whatever. But they could just retread that and then at WrestleMania you have a handicap match instead just to make it a bit fresher and do things like, oh, Dabakato's first match at WrestleMania is top of um, this one as well. So, but as it's been taken off, I imagine we just get some sort of segment revolving around it. If if Braun's the one that's not able to compete or there's an issue with Braun, then it'll be Shane Mankind, some sort of promo and doing it'll probably be one of those stupid promos where he has photos up on the Titan Tron of Braun in a dunce hat or something mm. like that, and just just going through all that sort of He's stuff. He's gonna read Jack and the Beanstalk again. Well, it's, <laughs> is there something else that's more like based around stupidity rather than the the Jack and the Beanstalk stuff? If he does that, then that's tortoise just... and the hare. <laughs> Maybe he could do that sort of thing. I'm I'm more. I mean, obviously, the Braun Strowman health concerns are an, an issue, and if he is dealing with that stuff, then that's obviously bad news. But my more issue is the fact that, like, when is Shane actually going to die in the ring? Because it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just like denying the inevitable. And I don't want to. I don't want. I, don't, I know that's so like morbid to say, but like, the stuff he can't do that stuff anymore. He, he should. Or he, if he can, he shouldn't, because he is like he's stumbling through promos. He's sweating constantly through his promos. He's stumbling yeah. over his words. He, I mean, even if that the idea was that he was meant to be stumbling over his words to draw annoyance from the fans, I think there's still an element of, well, he actually just stumbles over his words because he forgets his lines because he's taken multiple chair shots to the head throughout the course of his lifetime. And he I just want to add to this real things. quick. He's looking very red. Like, you know, like he does look like something is off and again you don't want to not that I, I am wishing this on anybody I just 
I'm looking at him, and from my perspective, he's looking a little run down, and it does scare me, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But also, let's be honest, more than likely he's not going to have that type of a match anyway. They'll advertise it that he will, and then he'll do the elbow drop that he's already done this week on Raw, and yeah, you know, he'll get hit with a kendo stick. Like yeah. WWE does that for the past couple of years. They'll be like, "You've seen all the crazy stuff we've done in the past." Well, go ahead and check it out on the network if you want to see that because you're not watching it this weekend. That kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Well, people just don't realize that Shane Man now is the same age that he was when Vince took on the Mister McMahon character. Yeah, for the first time. But unlike Vince. Shane has already got 20 plus years of bumps on his body. Right. Obviously not exactly that because he took time away from the company and stuff like that, but he took more than enough that like probably in certain matches, more than a lot of wrestlers take in most matches. And the fact that he's not a trained wrestler and is sloppy at wrestling as well, because he delivers as much um, pain towards other people that he works with as much as he delivers onto himself. So, I mean, that match with Kurt Angle is bad enough that some people could be like, well, there's something I'm dealing with for the rest of my life. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know? and you, the argument is that both of them actually are. So that's the, yeah. that's 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 the part of it. But I just don't feel... I don't feel safe knowing that that match is going to happen at WrestleMania. Because the, the idea is that match is going to happen at WrestleMania one way or another. And they're going to do crazy shit to each other. And there is part of me that is going to find that entertaining just from watching perspective, but then I'll go back afterwards and think, was it really worth it? And probably the answer is no. Mm-hmm. But Shay McMahon came out. Don't you, didn't you pop? That's, that's what the philosophy will be. Could, could you just imagine those? It, it was nearly, it was around about, was it six years ago that he, five, five, five or six years ago, it was 2016, wasn't it? That he made his return. Yeah, like that bit, that huge pop when he came out, and obviously no one is getting a pop nowadays because there's no fans at this point. But beyond that point, just like now, it's amazing that five years later, the sense of just Shane McMahon coming out fills people with a sense of dread, rather than the expectation <laughs> and an excitement of his immediate return. But he's the best in the world. <laughs> how how would that work? You know. I mean, he's he's the best in the world at doing that dance on the stage. Like, <laughs> no one else does that dance on the stage. There you know go. How, I don't. I don't I get the Sean whole did it pretty well as well. The hand movement thing. Sean did that pretty well. Um, let's talk about a match that I don't think is happening. That they still have on the card: Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. All right, Tony, I'm going to be real. I don't know why you keep harping on. Well, I don't think this is happening. You know, they're not going to have. The, an actual wrestling match. You know this is a setup for Bray Wyatt and WrestleMania. No, it's not happening. Of course right. it's not happening. Yeah. Well, so it's <laughs> like, it, it, because it's just annoying that on a card that's as bad as this is, with the creative direction being as bad as it is, that how many months ago did this feud start? November. They did, This is the Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins feud, where they started in November, they drag it out, just to get to WrestleMania and each segment is basically the same and it's going to be Alexa Bliss staring at Randy Orton doing her googly eyes and smiling and then laughing and whatever and Randy Orton snarling and then Bray Wyatt coming out and attacking and the commentators doing the thing that's that they're paid to do 
where it's just, what, what, what is happening? Oh my God, it's the Fiend. We didn't see that this was going to happen. Oh my God, the Fiend is back, guys. Oh man, I can't wait to replay this on Monday Night Raw like six times and have Randy Orton cut a promo about how he wants to fight the Fiend at WrestleMania. Then Bray Wyatt can cut a promo about how the Fireflies are going to do whatever and they're going to announce the Firefly Funhouse match. I don't well, fucking on. care. Oh, hold on. Let's 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 back up here a little bit. Because we can't just shit on everything for an hour, an hour and a half. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> they're not giving me a reason not to. That's the problem. Do you think that there's a small chance because they showed Randy Orton talking to demonic Randy Orton? There's a small chance we see Randy Orton wrestle Randy Orton on this show? <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I wonder which one's going to get the headlock in. <laughs> I imagine that's Callum's dream. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that this, okay, a match isn't going to happen. And that, by that, I mean an actual match between Lex Bliss and Randy Orton within four, ro- four sides of ropes is not going to happen. It's going to be cinematic. There's, I think this is going to be a match. It's actually going to be a match, and it's going to be cinematic. It's going to end with the Fiend attacking Randy Orton, and Alexa Bliss is going to pin Randy Orton. That's how. Either that, or the Fiend attacks, and then it just ends without a winner. Mm-hmm. There's, that's two different ways it's going to happen. It's probably more likely the other way because they just don't want to see Alexa Bliss pin Randy Orton because yeah. that's a bit of a weird visual. But it's actually going to be a quote-unquote match in the sense that. There's gonna it's gonna be in some sort of weird environment where Alexa Bliss is just popping up all over the place for ten, fifteen minutes. And maybe she even gets like a few just shots on in on Randy Orton and stuff like that, but Randy Orton can't get hold of her for a while and then he eventually seems like he's got her and he's gonna set her up for an RKO and that's when the fiend comes in and strikes. So there's gonna be something. Because at the end of the day, there's only five matches listed for this one. I know they're gonna probably add more to it, but they need what they need this to go longer than just the two minutes that it should really go, which is Alex Bliss comes to the ring, Randy Orton comes to the ring, the Fiend attacks, we're done. That's all you really need to do. But honestly, even though all of this stuff leading into it is just absolute shit, like all of this stuff, like the 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 black vomit, the constant promos of it's it's not even just constant promos, it's constant promos referring back to the promos they've cut previously. Mm-hmm. It's just like Randy Orton saying this happened last week and then showing video footage of it happening and then talking about what, what they've just shown us on a fucking like, TV screen and then something else happening or just the same thing happening. But there is part of me that is very much looking forward to the complete and total character ass- ass- assassination that Randy Orton is going to get at WrestleMania. And that's all it's leading to. I'm oh, just yeah. like, I'm tuning out everything to this point involving Randy Orton and The Fiend and just looking forward to the point where we basic, he basically assaults Randy Orton's character in the same way that he assaulted John Cena's character in the previous WrestleMania. I hope and that's at least that the because case. Because I hate Randy Orton and I hate the Randy Orton character <laughs> and I want to see it be completely eviscerated and laid bare like it should be. Hold on, so can we just fast forward a little bit and imagine what that'll look like for a second? Do you think they can get Mark Jindrak? Back is in like, fuck you, you you took my spot. 
Didn't he? He took uh, Batista's spot. Ah, oh, damn it! Spot. He did take Batista's spot. Fuck. So well, for that. I, I, I want to see things that allude to the fact that he was kicked out of the military. I want to see things that allude to the fact that his matches are really like he's portrayed as like this ultimate example of what a great wrestler should be, and his matches are consistently boring and don't really do anything too much. I want to stuff talking about all the vo- like. I want to see like imagery of Bray Wyatt portraying all of the quote-unquote voices in Randy Orton's head. I want Ted DiBiase Jr. to turn up at some point. Oh. I want Manu to turn up at some point. Soon Snooker? Like, get along. Get along. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm with Callum. If uh, nothing else, the Firefly Funhouse match is going to be really fun. I, I admire your naivety when it comes to this because, come on, guys, we're getting a no-DQ match at WrestleMania. No, we're not. We're getting a five-five funhouse match. I I don't think that Randy Orton is at all up for doing the wacky shit that John Cena did last year. What have you been he doing for the last two months? He quit a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I think that that's tame in comparison to the meta. Let's just do a promo about you know the NWO type of thing that John Cena did. I'm not expecting that in the slightest bit. I'm expecting the shit we got at last. Uh, WrestleMania that these guys fought, where it'll be uh, like a combination of that plus the um, what did they, they call the other thing? The one where they were fighting in the house, House of Horrors. House of Horrors. I'm expecting that. I'm expecting a match in the ring that leads to a backstage brawl and or a cinematic match of them fighting and Randy Orton. Going like, yeah, the whole match. Nope, I'm I'm fully going with Callum here. They need to just be fucking wacky with it. I hope I'm uh, wrong. Absolute like talk about OVW. I hope Jim Cornette gives them the footage where Randy Orton flat out says he hates wrestling. I hope mm-hmm. they've got that tape. I, I hope they. Yeah, I hope they dig up some sort of bag and put shit in it and rub it in his face and stuff like that. Get Amy Weather to shit in his bag or something. <laughs> like, because they're not doing anything. Come on. I, I mean, there is a real possibility that's the case, but I'm going to stay optimistic up until that point, at the very least. Then I can ju- then I can just be angry and aggressive towards it if that's just, oh, it's just some sort of random hardcore match or something to that ilk if it's like that then i'll obviously be mad but until then i can dream that it's going to be the absolute assassination of his character that i'm totally looking forward to and for anybody that says like tony doesn't like anything listen to the review to a kill podcast if you want to hear me go off on how great things are and how much i love things you got to give me something that i love (laughs) that's what it is although you will find a way to work in i hate star wars yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you gotta just throw a dig at Star Wars. But I used to love Star Wars, and then I grew to hate a portion of it, so that's why it, it stings so much. But, like, if you go there and you listen to that, you know, the James Bond series is not perfect. And when we're breaking the movies down, we most recently we recorded Moonraker, uh, there's moments where it's like, yeah, you know what, I'm not a big fan of that character, but there's a part, this uh, this line is so great, and this part's amazing, and I love this thing, or whatever. When WWE does this kind of thing, where they go, hey, you interested in Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt? And I go, no. And they go, well, it, it's happening. And you go, 
All right, well, at least that's for TLC. And they go, <laughs> TLC. Nah, that's happening for like five months. You're like, wait, what? Why? Ah, because wouldn't that be interesting? No, I'm, I don't like it. Ah, well, we're going to show you recaps of the same footage a million times. And at the end of the day, if it ends up being something that's... Look, I'll put it this way. I never am not willing to admit that I'm wrong. And I want to be wrong every time I say something is going to be crap. Because I, it's more important to me to enjoy something than to be right. And I know that that's hard for a lot of people to understand because a lot of people are like, oh, you you went into this expecting it to be bad, so you, it's going to be bad no matter what. No, I want it to be good. I want every episode of Raw and 205 Live and whatever to be the best episode I've ever seen in my entire life. Because why would I watch it if I didn't think that that could potentially happen? I don't think it will, but I'm like, you know what? There's a chance because they have a lot of talent that they can work with. But I can't expect that to happen here with this brand, uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton thing. And at the end of the day, if, you know, WrestleMania comes around and it's like, all right, it's all been building up to this and it ends up being garbage, you're going to hear from me, everybody that's out there, you're going to hear from me. I fucking told you so because it's going to be, I waited six months for this garbage. And then. Everybody will go, ah, well, you know, I mean, you should have given them the benefit of the doubt. No, because they they haven't earned that right recently. It's been a year almost since the unique way that Braun Strowman was going to replace Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And it's been almost a year since Rhea Ripley lost to Charlotte Flair. And those are two of many examples of just give them the benefit of the doubt and they'll prove you wrong. And then eventually they go, ah, all right, well, you know, just you know, fucking deal with it. Well, that's not what you do with fans. I don't expect anything from this other than a waste of time leading up to a shit match. Here's what I'll say. Kudos to Alexa Bliss, because you can say whatever you want about the gimmick. She's a character that is regularly used on television and has been so despite numerous issues leading to her not wrestling as frequently for like what the last two years now so kudos to her because she keeps finding ways to work with it i hope it's something along the lines of what me and callum were suggesting but if tony ends up being right which if you followed the fiend review trajectory <laughs> on this podcast there, there's a chance he might be we'll get to that when we do uh, I, I I like uh, Randy Orton. I like Alexa Bliss. I think that there's a lot of potential to Bray Wyatt, and none of the elements click for me. That's the uh, that's even more frustrating, I think, because if it's just like two garbage wrestlers that can't do a damn thing, going out there slipping and falling, then you just go, all right, well they're crap. But it's even more frustrating when you're like, damn, there's something here, and you're not doing it for me, you know. So yeah, it's not going to be a match. If it is, it's a no contest. But whatever. Uh, right, so I want to talk about uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. That was the next match I was going to go with. So good. <laughs> I, okay. Outside of the unique way that Braun Strowman will replace Roman Reigns, this is still the second year in a row. Even removing that, 
that the other world title match has simply been made for WrestleMania by saying, mm-hmm. and this is happening. I don't like that. This very easily could have been a number one contenders match. And for anybody who's going to try to make the argument of, yeah, but then you would know that Drew McIntyre would win. We know Drew McIntyre is fighting Lashley at Mania anyway right now. So what, like, what's the purpose of the Sheamus thing? Sheamus isn't winning this match. Sheamus isn't, look, don't fool yourselves. Sheamus isn't going to get a win here that puts him in a triple threat match at WrestleMania. It's not happening. So if it's a guarantee that Drew McIntyre is winning this and that he's already going on to fight Lashley at WrestleMania, they could have at least made this a number one contenders match or made it a gimmick match because the two of them have been fighting each other and a no DQ match of some kind would have made it added a little bit of spice to the mix or something. Well, they've already had a no DQ match. Well, that's exactly why I want to know why this isn't like a last man standing match or something. I just want to know what's happening. I want to know what's happening. I mean, I know, I know why it's happening because I've got the picture of how it's going to end in my mind, but there realistically is no reason why this match is happening or it should be an number one contenders match in the first place because Sheamus, Mm -hmm. Sheamus having a lot of great matches. Sheamus is doing great stuff in the ring. I've got no issue with that whatsoever. My issue is the fact that he doesn't win. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> like, he lost to Lashley, he too. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just the idea that he lost to Lashley the past week. He's already lost a one-on-one match with Drew McIntyre a couple of weeks ago. The other match, which was the no-DQ match, ended in in a uh, double stoppage. Yeah, the, the stupid Simpsons thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's, his only claim over Drew McIntyre is that he beat him once at the end of a gauntlet match when McIntyre had already faced three people. And he's kind of clinging on to that as like, well, I can be used. Like, yeah, under these very particular circumstances, yeah. you can beat me in a one-on-one match. But He failed in an elimination chamber, too. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't even get pinned by McIntyre in that match. He got pinned by AJ Styles, so he's worse than AJ Styles as well. Was, basically, this entire journey is proven in this last, like, however many times since Sheamus turned, is that he's worse than Drew McIntyre, he's worse than Bobby Lashley, he's worse than AJ Styles, and he's probably, like, so he's probably, at best, he's the fourth top star on Raw right now. And The Miz, in the meantime, has already won the championship, so he's lower than The Miz, because he's not as smart as The Miz to be able to pull that off. And no one's lower than The Miz. Bad Bunny is above The Miz. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think that the purpose of this match, if anything, is obviously to give Drew McIntyre a win. Yep. And then I think it's to reunite Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Correct. I now fully right. expect that too. And that is another thing that's like, not to toot my own horn. I'm not perfect. Nowhere near close to that. But for five minutes, you can plan out a lot of this shit better. And if you reunite those two, okay. Because then you can lead up to Lashley can take out Sheamus. Well, why the hell did you do the match already? Like, that would be a great match to do in the next few weeks. And you already did it on Raw. So now it doesn't matter as much. Now it's not as interesting. And he already lost. Well, for whatever reason, and we don't know, Raw's missing a major star and Keith Lee, who maybe was going to be a stopgap for Sheamus along the way. Um... They've had to rush several things. And I do sympathize with them. Because this entire year has been bullshit. But it just shows that, hey, maybe you need to stop, you know, 
running to everything. And maybe we didn't need a fast lane if you weren't going to put your whole heart into it. Because we could say whatever we want about it being a test run for Peacock, which is true. But it was happening either way. You know, fast lane would have happened. Peacock or not. And I just feel like WWE is in a panic mode. A constant state of panic. I think they very much convinced themselves if you get through today we'll figure it out tomorrow and i don't know if you guys have anybody in your lives anybody listening or whatever that has one of those people around those people never figure it out tomorrow they're the people that go well let's charge the bill on our credit card and we'll pay it off later and then they get hit with the interest rate or they're the type of people that say you know well I'll hit the lottery tomorrow and then they don't. So then they pay another couple dollars for another ticket. And all they do is they perpetually push the, uh, the inevitable further and further along until it sweeps them up and they can't do anything about it. And I'm the type of person who likes to plan things out. I, I like to try to see the end of the tunnel and path my, uh, direction to get to there and that way if like there are bumps in the road along the way i like to smooth them out but wwe we don't know what's happening with the keith lee thing i don't even know if keith lee would have been a factor in this at all but i sympathize it would have at least been another opponent for a heel sheamus and i think right now they're rushing to get through this just so they can kind of like ambrose and rollins two years ago where ambrose hated rollins and he was like you're the fucking worst. And then by the time they get to the road to WrestleMania, he's like, yo, slay the beast. You're my boy. Go do it. Like, I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. We're all at least in agreement that even if WWE has no plans whatsoever for the majority of the card and they really are treating it as if like, it doesn't matter. Their idea is if we could just get through WrestleMania right in fairness at this point if i was working there that'd probably be my state of mind too like as long as that doesn't get completely taken away from them even if the matches are awful even if the card is terrible even if it goes down as the worst wrestlemania in history as long as they do it that's all that matters to them as long as they get a crowd in raymond james stadium they have succeeded in their minds. Did Drew McIntyre wins? Oh, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, but for real though, the precedent being set of we can just start naming matches to me enhances that, yeah, even though Raw is the A show, right now they're the B championship, they're the B storylines. Right now, it's all about Roman Reigns, and it's all about what he's doing at WrestleMania. And the whole, hey, welcome to Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, is just evidence of that to me. Anybody else get the feeling that Vince is just too frustrated? And he just is like, just say whatever. Just do whatever. Just... I say this, you just do it. Like the the S yes man type thing. Like 
I just want you to just do it and just suck it up and do it. And that's all that matters is you just shut up and do your job kind of where it's even to the point of being like with the Drew McIntyre thing where it's just like, well, we're doing Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. How do we get to that point? Just fucking announce it. And then they go, all right, well, Vince said, just announce it. You know? I mean, is he frustrated? Probably. I think the bigger issue is the fact that he's a senile 75-year-old. That's probably the bigger issue. That's Who is under it. far too much stress. Like, if we're being real, Vince McMahon has lawsuits. He's got mm-hmm. he's still trying to manage this thing. He's got that alpha entertainment, which I wouldn't be surprised if they have projects on the table that yeah. he's trying to manage. XFL fell under. It's too much. For anybody, let alone a 75-year-old man that started taking regular chair shots to the head at the age of 50. Yeah, I mean, goddamn, like, dictate some of the responsibility. You can afford it. That's the problem. You can actually afford it. You can retire. But they can't do it as well as he can. Yeah, exactly. Like, Tony, (laughs) be real. Even if you could afford it. Would you trust people with your vision the way that you trust yourself with your vision? With about 75% of what I do, I'd be like, here's the keys. <laughs> like, guarantee. All right. If you're a bankroller and you want to bankroll a smart moment of Fanboys Anonymous, let it be known. The minute that happens, I'm not doing live coverage. <laughs> Like, I trust that plenty of other people could do a better job than I am. And then that would take a, that would take a, out of my list of responsibilities and give me, you know, the pressure taken away and whatever. Right. But you would, that's the stuff you do because you have to, you wouldn't trust anybody with the vision of like a view to a kill or a view to a kill. No, but I mean, you got to have some projects that you work on for fun. And I wouldn't even think that Vince would be like, pushed out entirely but maybe give him the passion projects that he's passionate about like he could be like all right i'm going to steer the ship on this roman reigns thing if i really care about that but leave the united states title situation up to somebody who's really going to care and put the time and effort into that you know because he doesn't care you know like guaranteed vince mcmahon isn't waking up in the middle of the night thinking you know, I really haven't used Ricochet a lot. What can I do with him? But there's probably somebody on the roster, on the the writing staff, on the creative team, whatever, that if you said to them, you got any ideas for Ricochet? They'd probably be like, here's 10. You know? Shit, why isn't Ricochet teaming up with Jeff Hardy? It's not the best idea, but like... You don't watch main event? They do that on main event? Nobody watches main event. WWE doesn't even act like it exists. <laughs> What do you mean they hired Kevin Patrick? <laughs> we we don't even know what day it is for sure because Drew Gulak maybe mentioned that it's on Thursdays. <laughs> and it's like, you shouldn't have to find out whether or not the show exists on a, an Instagram thing on, you know, different story. Anyway, a review to a kill. Go to fanboysanonymous.com. Check it out. It's the James Bond podcast where I'm really passionate about how great that series is. <laughs> Show some love to fanboys. And, uh... If you are those on those bank rollers and you do want to help us out, go to the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash fanboysanonymous and patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. A dollar and up is awesome. 
$10 and up gives you access to the dark casts. There's the pick your poison tier where you can specifically sponsor some kind of, you know, uh, feature segment, article, editorial, whatever it might be that you're interested in. So take advantage of that while you can hit that applause button, hit the join button on YouTube as well. You know what? I didn't mention this beginning of it, and I'll just kind of keep this plug train rolling. Hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe if you haven't done that already, and ring that notification bell for both the fanboys and YouTube side of things on Smartout Moment. And uh, yeah, let's go on to the Intercontinental Championship match. Big E versus Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews has lost, I think, four matches, but he's got some new ring gear and he's got an accent, so he gets another shot. There's a chance that he wins the title here, but I don't think it's happening. Ultimately, I'm going Big E retaining, and that's mostly because we're heading into WrestleMania. Apollo Crews needs this win. Apollo Crews needs this victory. Big E is at the point where he's Hall of Fame. Even if it's just as a member of the New Day, he's Hall of Fame. Apollo Crews needs this moment to be on the right path to something in WWE, and I think he gets it here, and... Honestly, I kind of see a multi-man ladder situation forming for the IC title. Sammy, Kevin, Corbin, these two? I, I see it, well, depending on what they end up doing with Cesaro, I see it being Nakamura, potentially Cesaro, these two, Corbin, and whomever else is on SmackDown that they need to get into the ring. I'm not going to say Sammy and Kevin yet, because I want them to actually just have a one-on-one match. And I'm holding out hope for that. I think that they might. They very well could just end up in this match. But I see that forming, and I see Apollo coming in as IC champion in the same way that Kevin Owens went into his first WrestleMania as IC champion. And by the end of that story, it was two completely different guys in the IC title picture. Um, I, don't, I, I don't really think that it matters who wins this match, just because, like, like you guys have said, I think they'll both be in the Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania regardless. So I think they're just going to keep the title on Big E and give Big E a long reign with the title, because I imagine one or two things happening. Either Big E wins the title, hit, retains the title here, goes on to WrestleMania and retains the title there, or he loses it to Apollo Crews here, and then he wins it back at WrestleMania. So why why cut out that one-month part of it? It doesn't really add too much to it. I think there's a slight chance he drops it at WrestleMania, but it's such a slight, slight chance that really at that point, why bother taking the title off of him? And I don't and even know who would the- beat him either. That's, a, like, that's, you know, that's another whole thing. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm like too. Uh, I'm putting too much weight on the idea that there's people at Mania, but like people have been ready to cheer this dude forever. So if you're gonna take it off of him, take it off of him here and not next month when people are frothing at the mouth to cheer for this guy. And you'll put it on like Corbin in front of people. You know what I mean? Like they'll do something stupid like that, and it'll upset fans. And I don't know why they would just intentionally do that. There's been plenty of pay-per-views in the past, though, where it's been like, all right, they booked this knowing that people would be upset. And not even like the, grr, I hope that the heel loses the next time and I'm going to really tune in. But like, they've booked 
episodes of Raw or pay-per-views with the idea in mind that we're going to piss people off. And it's like, well, you shouldn't ever do that. I never set out for a podcast to be like, by the end of this, somebody's going to unsubscribe to my channel. That's for damn sure. you know. <laughs> but we're all in agreement, at least. I think WrestleMania needs to be a happy affair. Yes. Maybe not every babyface wins, but there Almost should be a reason day. why if they don't. And like sometimes it can be a happy affair when a heel wins because you really made a heel like really get booed. And that could be a lot of fun. But they can't book WrestleMania as infallible just because there's some people there. Maybe the cardboard cutouts will do the, the difference. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I don't even want to talk about the women's title match. Belair and Banks lose. They fight with each other. The end. That better be how it goes. Should have happened at Elimination Chamber. I mean, uh, again, I don't want to talk about it either because of just the situation surrounding it, but it doesn't. It doesn't make me excited to see Banks and Belair at WrestleMania if you're just having them lose all the time. It doesn't work like the that. The fact it's... that uh, Belair was pinned by Tamina is egregious. And I know, listen, I'm not crapping on Tamina here. It's not what I'm saying. Because you know why everybody knows that Tamina is uh, underutilized and if somebody loses to Tamina, it's bad? Because you put it in everybody's head for the last... 11 years <laughs> that you don't have any plans for Tamina. So when you have your up-and-coming star who should just be training for WrestleMania lose to Tamina Snuka, it's an issue. And again, this is where I get upset because it's the over-reliance on, but we booked the match, isn't that great? It's, oh... They're going to get in the ring, Banks and Belair, and it's going to be great because it'll be historic. And people will be chanting, this is awesome, just because it's two black women in the ring. And yes, that is awesome. And I'm not taking away from that. If you've listened to me at all over the last three years, you know I love both of them. But this is such a shitty way to book this match. And damn it, I hate it. WWE can't book itself as if it's UFC. Or boxing. Or the Super Bowl, where all that matters is the thing itself and that you don't need to watch the TV shows that lead up to it. It's a different animal. You don't watch Avengers Endgame without having watched all the 20 movies that lead up to it. And if you do, you're weird. But, <laughs> you know, that that can't be the base that you're playing to, because that's not the way that logic works. And... You can't call yourself a success if you book Banks and Belair, two great performers who, on a random day, you could say, have a match, and they could have a phenomenal match. You can't put them in a shit situation for months and go, well, you'll have a great match at WrestleMania, and then everybody will say that the last couple of months was worth it. No, the last couple of months won't have been worth it, the match will be good, but leading up to it will be a waste of time. And you're not selling me on the idea that this is a great feud when it revolves around Carmella's wine guy. And, and But here's the, here's the problem. They no longer book 
stories. They book moments. It's no longer about the story. It's about the one-off moment, and that's all you're going to see replayed for the next five years is, hey, remember that time that two black women entered the main event of WrestleMania, and the minute they stepped in the ring, the fans were chanting, this is awesome, because wasn't it so historic how we just fought back from this pandemic and put this match on the air? And I, I understand that. Let me be clear. I understand that 100%. I just don't like it because at that point, you might as well just watch the pay-per-view without watching the shows. Yep. Again, repeat what I said earlier. The booking philosophy should not be that you're better off not watching the shows and you'll enjoy it better. It should be the more that you watch, the more enhanced everything gets. Not the well, only the only thing that matters is WrestleMania. And if you watch the pre show, we'll cut down all the crap that led up to this point in a three minute video package, and then that'll be easier. Well, if that's the case, don't do Monday Night Raw, don't have a TV show, you don't want a TV show. Even worse, don't book pay per views like Fastlane, where you say, Well, the TV shows matter more, and the Fastlane card doesn't matter. Okay, well, if the TV sucks. And the pay-per-view doesn't matter because it just builds up to the TV, which just builds up to the pay-per-view, which doesn't serve a purpose because it builds up to the TV. Do one show a year. Do WrestleMania, and that's all that matters. <laughs> and even then, we'll see. So screw this match. Um, well, I think I think there is a chance that Sasha and Bella win. There's because, always a chance cause yeah, because they love their whole... There are several weeks before until WrestleMania where they can drop the titles yeah. to Jackson Baszler. And the, again, it's like as Rob said, it will be a moment that they are all oh, the two people that are going to be fighting for the SmackDown Women's title WrestleMania are also tag team champions. What are they going to do? And then and then they lose it. And that's what causes the quote unquote divide between them. Like one of them costs the other one. But yeah, it's just. It is very much moment based. And you know what was the last major like world title match at WrestleMania that was built on the strength of just the match itself, like the, like the idea that oh the match is going to be good, so everything that leads up to it doesn't really matter too much. I think the one that springs out to mind is AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. Spoiler alert: that match wasn't that good. Yep. Yep. And I'm I'm worried about the fact. I mean, I have confidence in both women because I know how good they are, but some people just don't click. Yeah. And if they're just relying on the fact that this match is going to be good on the strength of the two competitors together without and, and just hoping that the story around it doesn't matter or it can just ebb away and it'll just be, yeah, we'll just see a kick-ass match between these two, which I'm confident that will be the case. Again, I'm not diminishing it, but there's always a chance that it could just completely fuck up in the ring. Yep. And that could be for any reason. It could be that these two got bad bad chemistry for some reason, or the fact they haven't worked together so much means they haven't had a chance to build up that chemistry so far, or just something goes wrong in the match. If you have a story that builds up to it, it can all kind of elevate it a little bit. You need to be elevated by the story. Even if it is these two, and these two have so much potential on their own, and they could just go into WrestleMania without having touched or even spoken to each other or having any real segments outside of, like Rob says, like even them training or preparing for the match itself and go in there and have a great match. But the story should be, you've got if you've got this time, you should be looking to elevate the feeling surrounding it rather than assuming that the feeling at the end of it is going to be enough. Just 
just use this time to make it so you're up to a fever pitch by that time, Dick, rather than just like essentially having to go from zero to 60 when the match kicks off. You know, and Tony said they don't need to be booked like UFC. You need to stop booking your shit like you're the local independent promotion. Stop just going, but the match will be awesome. <laughs> it's like, you're bigger than this. Yeah, and I think WWE spent so much time up its own ass about who they are that they've forgotten who they are and how they book things. It's very easy to book this match, and Callum nailed it perfectly, and he nailed my biggest fear as well. AJ Shinsuke was awful, and I don't want that to happen here. This uh, company used to tell a year-long story like the Mega Powers. It's not perfect, but it used to be yeah, a build-up for WrestleMania that leads to a build-up for WrestleMania, and all along the way, you get something. I mean, admittedly, they didn't have to fill five hours of television in between or that every single week. And yeah. Have about, and have about 11 pay-per-views also in between that time as well. That's their fault, though. Is they... It's, it's more, it's more they the want society to do that. around theirs' fault. It's more the society around theirs' fault. I mean, it's not their choice that cable blew up and they had to do those sort of shows. It's not their choice that um, they could put on those more pay- pay-per-views and get more money out of that way. It's kind of like the circumstances forced them. The circumstances of WCW forced them to do a lot of that stuff. It's just... they Obviously, they're in this situation now where they probably don't need to do as much as they want to do, but they were all about content creation. And at the end of the day, that's what networks and TV stations want. They don't really want quality. They want quantity. Mm-hmm. And so WWE's just delivering that because that's what, and if that's what the thing that's going to get the money, then they have no reason to change. As we've, as we've mentioned countless times, so I don't really want to plot like pile on it too much because we've said that over the time, but if they are working in a market, which demands quantity over quality, then that's what WWE is going to give them. Yep. So Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan. Um, if, assuming Edge is the ring enforcer, you guys going in the same direction? Yeah, yeah, he should beat Jey Uso because Jey Uso never wins matches. Yeah, but he can grit his teeth and be like, "I promise, I'm going to win this one." And Roman Reigns yeah, will be like, "You better, or else." Yeah. And then, or else, will never come. Yeah, Roman should really be fucking him up at this point yep. on a weekly, on a fucking weekly basis. That's why part of me is thinking, because I know you mentioned obviously about the Usos reforming, part of me would prefer to see Jimmy against Jay in the sense that Jimmy's going to be saying, like, you're just his lapdog again and you're not getting anywhere. And it could, I'm not, I'm not saying that's like a big WrestleMania match or anything in those lines, but I think it'd be a more interesting feud than them just being slotted straight back into the tag team picture. Maybe eventually they go back into the tag team scene, but I feel like, with, especially with the Jay and Roman relationship. Essentially, he joined Roman because Roman was beating the shit out of him. And now he's just there. Again, it adds it adds onto my overarching narrative that the Roman Reigns stuff isn't as good as a lot, in my mind, at the very least. I can't I can't say it's not as good because, like, what? who am I? I'm just one person's opinion. But in my mind, it doesn't feel as good or as special or as unique or different as a lot of other people seem to be suggesting it is it did it did and for a while got formulaic 
you know, and then it became, I'm the head of the table, and it becomes, you know, sound bites. He's the head of the table, the big, you know, it's like. But but what what I will yeah what I will say is that that um, contract signing that happened on the previous episode of SmackDown between uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, and also the promo segment that took place at the start of the show between Daniel Bryan and Edge, reminded me that Daniel Bryan is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. And I don't need I don't really need reminding of that side of things, but I need reminding of the character side of it occasionally. And because Daniel Bryan is as we know, is at least helping out in some regards with the creative capacity. He can be that character because he can tell himself to be that character because he's got creative control to a degree. And like that made me that made me excited for this match, knowing full well that it's almost certainly the Roman Reigns going to retain. Right. But he makes me feel like there's a chance, and that's that's a rare commodity to have. Is that just the way that Daniel Bryan talks about it, the way that he's built up the idea that he could have a feud with Edge over the, the Universal Championship. The idea that he has like pushed all the buttons of Roman Reigns, saying things like the idea that he knows that Daniel Bryan can beat him and just just the other stuff about like he knows that he's the head of like he's the head of the table, but he knows that he can't beat Bryan or he can't beat him fairly or anything along those lines. It's just the one, the way that he's talking and the way that he's jabbing at brains, it just makes me feel like, yes, I really want to see that. And so we feel, I felt that similar way about the Kevin Owens stuff as well. So maybe that is the real secret of the Roman Reigns arc is that he, somehow, some way, the characters that he's going up against are making me feel like they could win the championship, even though my logical part of my brain is constantly telling me there's no way they're taking the title off Roman Reigns. It's like more, more a constant battle. So it's the emotional side of it is working for me for this feud. I think this is the best feud going into the show. And I think Easily. it's probably be the best match going into it uh, by the end of it as well. So if there's nothing else on this card and they're really, as we discussed, there probably isn't nothing, anything else on this card to really get super excited about. At least this will redeem it to a degree and make it and keep it away. Hopefully from being a quote unquote worst pay-per-view of all time. Yeah. And I, I like I've crapped on every single aspect of this, but if this was the one and only, it's still a throwaway match, kind of. But if this was the one and only example of that, and the rest of the card was great, you wouldn't have been hearing the whole hour of me going nuts on this because Daniel Bryan is great. I love the Roman Reigns character. Incorporating Edge is interesting because maybe there's a chance that Edge screws Daniel Bryan because he doesn't want to fight him at WrestleMania. Maybe there's a chance that he gets involved and yeah, one of my favorite segments and feud just like to go back and think about is Shawn Michaels getting spit on by Bret Hart and going to whack him with the chair and hitting Undertaker and having to count the pinfall for Bret to win the title. I loved that bit. And there's a chance that maybe something happens here that's kind of like that, or that Jey Uso gets involved and Edge gets involved and another referee has to come down and then that's when Roman Reigns retains and then Daniel Bryan's got a case for maybe Edge wins at WrestleMania and Daniel Bryan versus Edge happens at the pay-per-view that follows or, you know, like they, they could sow some stuff here, you know, they could plant some seeds and 
the match itself could be really good. So I'm I'm looking forward to this, even though it's one of those like, well, technically speaking, we just saw it, but I don't really count that because that wasn't really a match at Fastlane. And yeah, technically, I'm assuming that Roman Reigns just retains and whatever, and that's a throwaway match. But this is a throwaway match that I care about, unlike, I, you know, uh, the women's title, the tag title match, where it's just like, all right, you just you didn't care, you know. I disagree. I don't think it's a throwaway match. I think this is setting up for Brian to be put into the Universal Title match at Mania. Because somewhere along the line, they realized Brian is a believable character, as Callum expertly said. And if Roman can't lose and Edge can't lose, Brian can lose, but also really make you believe from now until April 11th that he might actually win. Because here's the cool thing about all three of these men at one point or another. They had to stop wrestling due to serious medical conditions and are now at the top of their game, arguably, in certain cases. And they each want to be the guy. And this is what I was hoping for with Edge, was that, hey, let's put the emphasis on being the world champion because that is lost. And I think Edge inadvertently screws Daniel Bryan, maybe in like a Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Undertaker way. And that gets Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania. And the possibilities there open even more wide because what if Bryan wins by pinning Edge? And then Edge is pissed off and, you know, it says, screw all that baby face. I'm just happy to be back shit. Now I'm going to, you know, turn heel because I want to be champion. Maybe Bryan does that. You know, maybe... Roman doesn't get pinned to lose his belt and just starts beating the crap out of everybody. This adds layers to everything rather than, well, it's Edge and Roman at Mania and Edge really shouldn't lose, but Roman really shouldn't lose. And that wasn't as exciting as this can be. So I'm hoping that either way this goes, it gets Brian in the main event of WrestleMania. But gun to my head, because logic, I'm going to say Roman retains. I'm going Roman retains as well. Yeah, I'm going Roman retaining, but I'm starting to become more of a believer in that potential cause. If for nothing else, and maybe, again, I'm being harsh in this this, uh, stance as well, I don't think Roman Reigns versus Edge would be as good as Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan versus Edge. I agree. I agree as well, but I also think WWE has gotten a little bit too comfortable with this uh, five-minute you do three of your finisher and that's it matches. Sure. So it but, wouldn't shock me at all if Roman Reigns versus Edge at WrestleMania is spear, spear, Superman punch, spear, Superman punch, spear, guillotine. You know, it's somehow got, gotten from when a superstar reached a certain level, they would get like the Hogan comeback and the five moves of doom. Now it's just literally, all right, you do five moves and the match is five minutes. Again, they're booking like UFC. I mean, but, I, I mean, we'll I, get to that when think, we get to it. I don't think Edge would agree to to that. I think he'd want to have the match. I hope so. I think that 
And I think that's why they will add Daniel Bryan to it as well, because I just don't... I think the Roman Reigns character works best when he's doing this this completely murderous vibe. And to be fair, he has shown in the past that he can stretch that five-minute squash match up to about 20 or 30 minutes if he wants to <laughs> by talking a lot. But he can't... Like, <laughs> he won't be able to do that anymore, though. There won't be a Thunderdome. Yeah, exactly. So... So I imagine that adding Daniel Bryan adds a bit more of a dynamic to it as well. I think people really want to see Edge versus Daniel Bryan in some capacity. So I kind of feel like wh- whichever way this match goes, it's going to either add it's going to add some sort of element to it, which is going to either lead to Daniel Bryan versus Edge in the build-up to WrestleMania, which could be some sort of if Daniel Bryan wins, he gets into the match of WrestleMania. Not saying that would necessarily happen, but like you can still have that match, and even if you win, even if you lose that one, you still have that Edge versus Daniel Bryan match that a lot of people will probably want to see. And then you have like, uh, and, and then you, or you can have it as a triple threat match just straight off the gate. Because at the moment, it does seem to be a little bit cloudy about it, seemed pretty obvious post Royal Rumble that it, they were heading into the Rollins and Daniel Bryan route. Now that doesn't seem as likely, right? It doesn't like that path has become a little bit cloudy. And so the only other option really for Daniel Bryan would just be he'd just be another name in that Intercontinental title match. Or he's not on WrestleMania at all. Or they do some kind of thing where it's like Rollins brings not only Murphy into his side, but he also gets a couple more people that it ends up being like Bryan, Cesaro, Nakamura against like Rollins, Murphy, and someone in a six-man tag that doesn't matter. Yeah, Tabakato wrestles there too. (laughs) Davikato pulls like triple duty on WrestleMania yeah. out of the, you know. Of course, he might be a part of the NXT side of things too. With this, uh, we don't know what's going to happen tonight with NXT with this uh, outbreak. Even that, jeez. I'd love it if it's a clip show. It's almost as if maybe you should still wear your mask, and maybe people should act like this is still going on because it is. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been nearly a year, Tony. It must be done by now. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of collectively got to that point where they were just like, well, that's been a year. I'm done with this. And then they... Let me just they tell all... you, Florida got to that point like yeah. 10 months ago. <laughs> Florida got to that point the minute it happened. It was just kind of like, oh, that's a thing. Well, we're the state that says, screw that hurricane. I'll list, uh, sit through that. And then they go, oh, the hurricane happened. What do I do? And you go, yeah, you should have fucking left. But uh, I can't wait for uh, WWE to return to Texas, where they're basically just licking sidewalks and saying that's totally fine. <laughs> the point being, logic, people. <laughs> it's kind of you know, don't put the cart before the horse. Don't lick the concrete or whatever Calma just said. <laughs> and um, you know, plan ahead. I plan ahead. I know what I'm doing uh, for the anniversary of No Holds Barred. <laughs> we know what we're doing on Sunday, March 28th. WWE probably doesn't yet, and I'm sure they'll add a Saturday night's main event to Peacock on the 27th. <laughs> don't don't jinx happens, it. <laughs> if that happens, I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> jinx it. Uh, there's already a part of me that just kind of like shuddered. I'm just like, no, 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 not another one. Not another thing. Uh... Well, those are our predictions. Make sure you guys give us your thoughts on Fast Lane. Hopefully, we are all enjoying the hell out of this on Sunday night. And 
I can sit there and go, I was wrong about this and that and that and that, and it was great, and I'm an idiot, you know, whatever, but I don't think I'm dumb. Shane McMahon might, but (laughs) make sure you guys uh, follow us all over the place. Make sure you stay tuned to the post show that we'll be doing afterward. We're going to do that live like we've been doing recently, so when the pay-per-view ends pretty soon right after that, usually about like five, 10 minutes after the pay-per-view ends, we will be on that and we'll be live on YouTube. So if you are subscribed and you ring that little notification bell, that'll give you an email alert of when we go live. And then we'll be talking about the pay-per-view and giving our thoughts and talking about some updates to the, uh, set of like the things going forward, you know, uh, is this going to change things with WrestleMania? Is this going to change things with that? What's the next main event going to be for the podcast and everything in case there's a little bit of switches that go along with that too. But that's happening with that. There's going to be more fantasy league discussion as well. If Callum is uh, on at the time, are you going to be on joining us for the post show? Oh, that's false line. Or, yeah. No, there's no way. Nah, nah. I've got better things to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Um, at least for the current plan, though, depending on if WWE changes things, the next main event is going to be either an episode of Hall of Lame or some kind of discussion about the Hall of Fame. Uh, they haven't announced the full 2021 class yet, so I'm pushing that to the week afterward, most likely, but if that comes around, then if they just go, well, it's only Molly Holly, then, you know, but we'll do that at some point with the wrestling with the past. We do have a plan for currently uh, Sunday, March 28th at uh, noon Eastern to do a watch along of WrestleMania 19. Stay tuned for that. Same deal as the post show. If you are, set up for the email alerts you'll know for sure if we get started then that's the current game plan at the very least things you know things could always change cards always subject to change and then of course we got all the takeover stuff and wrestlemania stuff and everything that goes along with that there's also the smart madness tournament going on right now round two is going to start in the morning i'm gonna shut those polls off wednesday night here for round one and you can vote on the best pay-per-view names of all time in wwe history you know, we've got like uh, WrestleMania, not to no surprise, is absolutely destroying Cyber Sunday. So if you're a big Cyber Sunday fan and you want to try to make sure that there's a chance that it wins, you got to get a whole bunch of votes now. But, you know, vote on that while you can. Vote on round two when that gets posted. We've got the typical TV coverage stuff. We got the editorials going out. We got other podcasts. We've got... Plenty of other things under a mango tree all over the place. We got the merchandise shops on T Public and Redbubble. If you want to check them out, I got e wrestling news and Bleacher Report articles that are going out. Um, I think at the very least, the only game plan right now for two extra things on Fanboys Anonymous this week are going to be first impressions of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is probably going to be a bonus features on the Patreon exclusive side of things just like we did with WandaVision. And if all reports are true, 3 a.m. leading into Friday is when uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, or is it actually 3 a.m. on Thursday? It's one of those two. I hope it's like 3 a.m. tonight. It might be 3 a.m. tonight. I've got a note written down about it, so it's either tonight or tomorrow. I'll have to double-check about that, but 
that's a four hour long movie that I'm going to be checking out. And that if Rob's going to join me for the review point on that, we'll do a movie review. I tried to convince Tony to do a watch along. He said, <laughs> you just be quiet for too long. And that's fair. I think I'd just be staring and being like, what's Batman doing? Okay. Batman's doing this. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I don't repeat that kind of stuff to myself in the middle of the movie, but I think that uh, at home, you do, you liar. No, I, I take advantage of uh, a split second during the movies to say something of a joke to the people that's next to me. I'll just be like, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know. Um, so stay tuned for that on fanboysanonymous.com. Show some love over to the blue brand and the red brand. And follow what these guys have going on as well. Uh, we've got some uh actually no we don't i was just gonna say we have another episode of the paul Heyman smackdown podcast that's uh no, that finished yeah the, the last one was last week now i'm thinking that this is going into this week um i don't know what do you want to toss out there cal <laughs> uh not a lot at the moment uh i mean the main thing is obviously check out smallcutmoment.com check out all the weekly articles as we've mentioned Power Ranking is my usual contribution so if you want to check that out every saturday that's where you will find it on the smallcut moment website but check out all the other stuff as well. And yeah, we got no big plans of the pipeline right now. I mean, we have we have plans in our he- in our heads, but we've got no timeline as such as when that's going to start rolling out. But Peacock screwed back, it. <laughs> yeah, Peacock did screw quite a lot of stuff. That's that is really going to depend, like really going to, I guess, t- determine. I mean, it hasn't screwed it for me because I don't get Peacock. Yeah, I'm a European myself. America but that is yeah. <laughs> But so we'll see how that does. But me and Rob will be coming back with a few bits and pieces going forward. Just a few little extra bits and pieces. We'll see. We'll see what we throw out there, cobble together. If we can't go with our original plan, we will think of something. But that's it for me. Follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Yeah. And if you just can't get enough pro wrestling, you can always check out Fightful.com. Always breaking news. Always, you know getting the scoops, getting the transcriptions from the dozens and dozens and dozens of podcasts. I mean, like, wrestling is never finished, guys. So don't worry. We got you covered at Fightful.com. And if you need more than that, you can go to WrestleZone.com. But when you're not looking up wrestling, you can follow me on Twitter, at DudeFelice. You can check out all the other stuff I've got going on when I'm talking into microphones, which is almost always. And I thank you for your continued support. Thank you for listening to this podcast, everyone. Thank you for checking out all the things that we've got going on. And if you follow me at Tony Mango on Twitter and Facebook, you'll find out if there's anything else that pops up because there's always stuff on the back burner. You know, uh, maybe there's always some, something. Maybe sometime in the next two months, there might be a live stream of some kind that you should be paying attention to. Just going to tease it. I don't know for sure, but uh, we'll see if uh, maybe even three. Uh, (laughs) You know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, if you are popping up here under a mango tree, well, you can sit under the shade. So enjoy your week. Stay safe. Follow logic. Do all that good stuff. And we will see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another smart out moment. And we're being counted out.